0: Hello, and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark. I'm in London in a secret underground base <laughs> with the one and only Damian Lubansky. Good morning, Damian. Hey, hello. How are you doing?
1: All right. Yourself?
0: Very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. We're in a secret location um, recording, trying secret to get away me. from the London noise and heat. And I was listening on the, the podcast on the way down on the train episode 87 from 2018
1: that's correct The Simping Detective that's the only episode I haven't listened uh, from your podcast <laughs> I, I'm one of those persons like I don't like to hear my voice don't listen to you your you voice it. no well, it's just too awkward yeah so it's been a while it was
0: yeah you know yeah. as ever obviously as we've said previously things happened in the last few years yeah um, but we're in London because just not too far from where we are Forbidden Planet has got the 2000 AD sci-fi special signing this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Michael Carroll, uh, Paul Cornell, Steve Austin, David Bailey are there signing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you and I have seen each other quite recently because we were at Lawless in Bristol. Correct. And then we met up at the Gosh signing for... Um, uh, Garth Ennis, yes, Garth Ennis, Mike Dory, Sai Jane Hurst, John Higgins, the battle action special. So I suppose, from your point of view,
1: the good, the good news is sign are back. Uh, there is lots of signing. Uh, this weekend is absolutely busy if you're into signings, if you're into comic books. So, we have you know, a sci fi special signing, as you mentioned uh, just today. Uh, there is Comic Con going on this weekend. And also, tomorrow, uh, there is small event for um, zines and small press comics um, oh, yes. in, in South London. Uh, I won't be able to attend. I, w- I, w- I would really like to go, but I'm going for Comic Con. Um, I don't know why they plan it, you know, uh, those dates, but you know, it's it's too late. So I'm going for Comic Con. There's gonna be a couple um, 2018 guys over there: uh, Chris Weston, uh, Will Simpson, who I never met before, so that's quite important for me, and a couple other guys. Steve White, I think he's done something for yes um, uh, for 2018.
0: I think Rob Williams might be there. Oh,
1: yeah, Rob Williams is there as well.
0: Yeah, and I've seen Chris Weston's been posting images of some of the stuff he's got to sell on his store, all of which looks fantastic. Well, that's Chris Weston. Yeah, Chris Weston, yeah. Um, So last time we did The Simping Detective, and we had great fun with one of the Judge Dredd mega-collections, and it was hardback, and we talked a lot about the fact... I think it's probably right to say you quite like a hardback collection.
1: Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, it's um, when you when you attend signings, when you try to get all your books signed, um, well, they they weigh a lot. And I'm, I'm I'm getting older now, and you know, I, I got uh, fat as well. I, I can't carry those books, not not as many as I used to. Um, I remember one comic con. 5 6 years ago when i had at least 50 60 kilograms of books right, so right. i so i had that you know uh, travel case plus my backpack plus something absolutely uh crazy stuff but i got everything signed oh great um yeah because we were comparing weights to
0: rucksacks today with the stuff we've been carting around i'm carting around a podcast studio yes <laughs> uh which is quite impressive it's professional now <laughs> well we'll see hopefully the recording will come out all right well let's talk about a hardback what book did we talk about or did you choose to come back
1: on the podcast uh it's tistlebone uh volume two Uh, which was published quite recently right it's published um, earlier this year the hardback collection
0: yeah volume 2 Poisoned Roots Um, do you want to do the credits
1: Tom Eglinton is the writer Tom Eglinton and Simon uh, Davies and uh, letters by Simon Boland yes so this appeared in the prog last
0: year 2021 progs 2221 to 2232 um, edited by Matt Smith of course um, so it's the second volume of Thistlebone we've previously done volume one on the uh, book club with Tony Esmond ok I should have listened to that before No, it's, it? it's alright and, and this is I mean the first thing to say is it's a nice hardback collection and you've got a gosh special haven't you
1: yeah I mean the only difference really is um, this small print all right. from Simon Davies um, I, and obviously I got them signed by Lawless um, by uh, Eglinton and, and Davies but that's that's pretty much the, uh, the only difference between a uh, normal version and um god version Right,
0: okay uh, but it is, I mean again, it's a lovely sort of British Christmas annual size and feel to it so that's very nice and um, in volume one of Thistlebone we met... Uh, Two women, Avril Eason and Seema Chowdhury. Seema Chowdhury was the journalist writing a book about um, the cult that, as a young woman, Avril Eason was trapped in and she was a prisoner of it. And then they take her back to the woods in Harrowvale and just weird stuff happens, basically. Yeah. Um, I know we want to concentrate on the art,
1: but in volume 2... Um, it's Seema Chowdhury again, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's correct. Correct, and uh, she struggles with with you know writing that book. Um, so in first pages, we we see her you know meeting her agent editor. I, yes. I, I, I would say I, I don't I don't exactly remember or don't know who she is. Um, she's she's having those you know weird creepy dreams about those creatures. Um, Yes, yeah, she can't really write it, but she's trying to uh, get move on uh, with her life, you um, know. Yeah, so that that will be first couple of pages, and then weird thing happens in uh, Harrow Vale when the um, under the oak um, five skeletons are uh, found uh, from centuries ago. Yeah. It, they, they look like they've they've been sacrificed those those people in and, and they' they've been killed in different uh, times as well uh
0: yes, I mean it's the woods of Vale again weird stuff is happening an oak tree is blown over, and underneath the roots they find these five or six skeletons, as you say that look like they've been some sort of ritual sacrifice or something. And again, I think we could probably say that weird stuff is happening in the woods of Harrowvale again. And the other thing that this book has, it has the flashback sequences to, I guess, sometime in the 1980s, there was a Boy Scouts expedition in the woods.
1: That's correct. And again, something horrible happened. Something horrible happened. We get the explanation, but... Um at the end of the story we get entire explanation what really has happened there. So there was um tour with the um uh with the scout leader who looks quite pervy I would say. Yeah. Um with you no know, group of the boys and you know obviously as a scout they um they doing scout things over there. Um and yeah, we weird uh, thing has happened.
0: Yeah. Okay, and there is an an artistic, stylistic choice about the depiction of the Boy Scouts, which we're going to come back to in a minute because I'm going to ask you about how well that worked for you. Mm -hmm. But we're going to start with the art, and we're going to start with Simon Davis, obviously. Yeah. Doing this painted artwork, I guess we would have, we could say that the wood sequences, there's lots of creepy woods. Yeah. There's lots of possibly visions or weird creatures or something in the woods. Correct. And then we also get his beautiful painted faces, particularly a lot of close-ups.
1: Yeah, he's he's great with faces. That's what really shines in in his art. I I think I discovered him five, six years ago. I don't remember what was it. It could have been slain, uh, run with pad meals or could have been... Um, sinister dexter books right. i don't remember which one was first but it was absolutely mind-blowing like same like with fraser irving uh, doing simply detective that's completely different and i like you know different approach you know people usually say that's that's mcmahon that's ballad you know th- those are my favorite artists for me i love them too but i would like to see something different and he's definitely a different artist when it comes to you know 2018
0: and we talked last time about Fraser Irving and how he did those wonderful um, white inks on black backgrounds to do Simping Detective. Yeah. So this time we've got Simon Davis doing his painted artwork. Now, I didn't get to his exhibition, but you've been to his exhibition and got the portrait,
1: uh, got the catalogue. What was the name of the exhibition on the front there? Uh, I Am Because You Are. Right, by yes. Simon Davis. But Simon Davis. Catalogue is really nice. You- it, uh, it was 30 portraits with um, people who inspired him as an artist. And you have a couple of different uh, 2008 connections or even um, comic connections. Mm, there is um hellboy guy. What's his name? Mike Mignola. Uh, Ma- Mike Mignola, exactly. Uh, but my favorite one, I would say, uh, is Duncan Fregredo. Um There is something about this portrait I really like. I- I'm not that good when it comes to, you know, explaining why I like something. I just I just like it. That's that's what I like. I, I really like his portraits. Yeah. And his art in general. There was also another exhibition just recently at Brixton, uh in department store, in the basement of the department store. Uh there was a couple of his paintings over there, um as a part of contemporary um UK uh portrait. Right. And also in the portraits,
0: there's Cam Kennedy, Mick McMahon, Boo Cook. Yeah. And then there's Tom Eglinton, T.C. Eglinton himself, who's the author of this um, Thistlebone. Yeah, and and Simon Bisley. Simon Bisley, of course, Simon Bisley, yes. Uh, How could we forget?
1: Who probably Um, introduced Simon Davis uh, to comics. Well, I'm not entirely sure about that, but I think I read that somewhere. Right.
0: And, uh, of course, Simon Bisley is the sort of start of painted artwork in British comics oh yeah or at least he's probably the start of painted art in 2000 AD let's say mm-hmm. we'll sort of there's Don Lawrence who did the Trigon Empire before but so Simon Disley does the Horn God we talked briefly last time about your Polish collection hardback collection of the Horn mm-hmm. God yeah Everybody does painted artwork for a while because of Bisley, (laughs) and then it sort of drops away.
1: But Simon Davis is the one still doing it, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, But I guess because of his background, um, he's been a painter um, most of the time, and then doing comics because he loves comics, it it looks like it. We all know comics don't pay your bills. There is not much money in, in comics anymore, maybe except if you have a like, you know, huge ne- name like you know, Brian Boland or, I don't know, Frank Miller or something like that. But other than that, he does it because he loves it. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah, okay. I,
0: I, I just noted that Chris Weston, who you'll probably be seeing tomorrow at the London Film Comic Con, recently posted an image... I think of the Sensitive Clegg story he was doing with oh, yes. Williams. Uh, one page fully painted. One page fully painted. And he said he had originally planned <laughs> to do it fully painted and then realised... It was too. It was going to take too long and to be too expensive.
1: Yeah, good. Good luck with that, especially you know, being a Chris Weston uh, with such a detailed uh, art. I can't even imagine how much would that take just to you know produce entire story fully painted. Now, but Simon Davies seems like he's he's good with that and yeah. he's quite fast. Good. Okay.
0: So here we've got his artwork painted. In. What is it that particularly grabs you about it in
1: this book? Is it the, the portraits? Is it the creepy stuff in the woods? It's a little bit of everything, but I, w- I would say um, his faces are just great. There, I- there is storytelling over there. It, it reminds me what um, Steve Dillon has been doing with faces as well. Uh, you know, you have those like small bits and you already know what that character thinks, what they're what they going to say. Another artist which reminds me of is um, Jamie McKelvey. Oh yeah, right. Um, he's been doing uh, Vic and the Death series and it's it's exactly the same thing. When, when you see those faces, you already know like those are real people, real characters. Yeah.
0: Okay, there's a sort of certain atmosphere that you need for a story like Thistlebone, a certain creepiness. Does the artwork, do you think, give you that sort of creepy feel to these two, the first and second volumes?
1: I mean, it's, it's all right. Uh, to be honest with you, I've seen much creepier stuff. Right. I, 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 that's, that's really hard to do with comics if you want to scare somebody or to do creepy stuff. Like, how are you going to do it? Uh, especially when you uh, turn the pages, you already see, you know, what's gonna happen on the next page. So you need to be really smart when planning your comic. When you want to show something, you know, scary, if you want to show, you know, monster or anything like that. Uh, what comes to mind when it's come uh, when we're talking about the, um, you know, scary stuff or at least creepy stuff? It's uh, you, you Juni Ito oh yes Junji yeah. Ito Junji Ito is that yeah. how you pronounce it yeah well that's how I pronounce it anyway <laughs> oh okay I, I don't know how to pronounce it but um, definitely his his comics are the most creepy comics i ever seen in my life yes uh, also I've been reading some uh, Berserk series um, that's that's another uh, quite creepy um, art if, if you're into it right uh, and it was published by Dark Horse I mean they still are releasing those very nice hard covers uh, around 700 pages each. I would highly recommend uh, reading Berserk. Although it's it's manga, it's not for every everyone. There are some rape scenes there, uh, lots of violence. Um, yeah. Really, discretion is advised. Yes. Correct. Right.
0: So Genji Ito is also a manga artist and or creator. Uh, I've read some of his. He's notable, as you say, for doing that page turn thing where you're on a page. Where everything seems relatively normal, yeah. you turn the page, it's just completely like bonkers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, his his design of those, you know, weird creatures like people turning into slimes, or uh, it's just it just fantastic. It, it's really it's really something. Um, so I, I would say that's that's the most scary I mean I don't really get scared by comics I mean not not anymore I used to when I was a kid I remember uh, reading uh, Batman by uh, Peter Milligan Right um, Dark Knight Dark City which is for me the best Batman story ever made and I was super scared by, by that but I was 10 years old Right <laughs> we, I talked to Tony last time about whether comics can actually be
0: scary it's a difficult task to pull off for an adult audience Very Um one of the things that Simon Davis does in both volumes of Thistlebone, I noted, is he's, he's quite often he'll have what's almost a full-page splash. Oh, yeah. Where they get these sort of images mm-hmm. of um, the Thistlebone mythical creature, the bodies underneath the oak tree roots. Yeah. The, they find this thing called a deer bone mask, which seems to have some ritualistic significance to it. And that pops up a few times in some of these big splash pages. Um, those are very impressive, I think, you know, these wonderful full pages.
1: Yeah. I, I want to say, it's scary. Have, you, have you got scared reading this book? Um,
0: I think it's got a creepy feeling to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a sort of creepy vibe to the whole thing. Um, uh likewise Junji Ito is creepy. I found I remember I've talked about this in other podcasts. I remember the Alan
1: Moore Swamp Thing series being very scary. Oh yeah, this is this is great. Yeah. Uh, that's my favourite Alan Moore stuff. Yeah. It's great. It, stuff. That's 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 real horror for me. Yeah. You know, I, I don't make those connections with horrors uh when you have, you know, all those, you know, jump scares in movies. Um, or you know found footage it just doesn't work for me you get just like reaction like physical reaction you jump because you know you got a a jump scare but it's it's not a horror for me it's not real horror yeah very difficult to deliver a jump scare in a comic book
0: Um, (laughs) yeah now there is also with the artwork there's this flashback stuff there's the 1980s boy scout expedition in the woods there's the rather creepy boy scout leader
1: Yes, Mr. Strachan.
0: Mr. Strachan, thank you. Something is going to happen at the end of that expedition which is going to directly tie in to some of the characters in Harrowvale now in the story. Um, Now, we have to talk about the art for that because Simon Davis deliberately changed his art style and draws the Boy Scouts in a rather sort of cartoony almost kids comic style yes
1: and um, what did you make of that change I, I think it works really well um inside the story i mean if, if you would have done it uh without you know changing the style uh, the story would would work for me as well but it's a nice change i mean it's not super original i think it was done before but to be honest um uh, still it's one of those things like I really like about this book.
0: And we spoke to Simon Davis about this at Lawless Convention. Oh, you you did. I did, yes, and asked him about it and he said um, because what was going on on the Boy Scout expedition was rather grim and dealt with um, taboo, difficult subject matter, he decided to make it deliberately sort of slightly cartoony In order to just lighten the tone a little bit, because he thought that stuff was so dark and deals with the worst possible, one of the worst possible things, that that's why he did it. So it's an interesting one. Um, We briefly touched on it when I talked to Tony about it. Um, I think reading it again this time, with that in my mind, I found it worked. And the character designs at the back of the book for the Scouts are quite fun as well aren't yeah they're
1: great and yeah. you and you bought one of
0: those uh, pages right I bought one of those and then auctioned it for, for you know as ever as you know Damien I always auction my stuff off for charity
1: <laughs> I don't know how you can do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes I did have one of those sketches uh, or character design pieces from Simon Davis that recently I sold for uh, cancer research yeah okay Um I mean it's just you know it's lovely work it's very there's lots of dark colours dark greens dark blues dark Mm -hmm. purples on the pages Um, there's quite a few sequences that seem to happen at night or in dream sequences which are very sort of again give us that general creepiness without out and out jump scares yeah Um, if we turn to the sort of the idea of horror in comics and we'll widen it out to folk horror in general, because Thistlebone is, is, a, is a folk horror, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, we've, I mean, we've already touched on this a little bit. Does, does horror work for you in uh, comics, and in particularly folk horror like this?
1: Uh, I would say yes, but horror for me is the genre which is really hard uh, to make. And make it work not even in comics but in general so as i mentioned before you know all those modern you know horrors with jump scares and you know found footage it's not horror for me it just it just doesn't work um so i, I would say really hard to uh, get like proper folk or just uh normal horror in in a book in general but this one is good but as i said before by I didn't get scared. It just, it just good good art for me.
0: And, you know, is it a harder sell for the pages of 2000 AD than, say, a sci-fi strip or
1: a comedy strip? Hmm, I don't know. But I don't know the entire audience of 2000 AD. So for me, it's hard to answer how many people like horror. I would say a lot of people would like horror, but uh, I can't really answer that. Uh, same with uh, you know, same with the comedy. Um, it's subjective. Like making good comedy and making you know good horror, especially when you mix uh, both of them. That's very hard job. Yeah. Only couple of movies and mostly from 80s has landed that. Um, so I would say you know, Ghostbusters. That's a really good example. Another one would be Army of Darkness. This is just great. I think I know. I mean, I know Darkness might have been from early nineties. I don't remember.
0: Right, it's late eighties, early nineties, something yeah. like that, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in the last ten or fifteen years, there's been a real folk horror revival. It seems to me. Oh yeah. Um, and in television and movies, it's it's having a bit of a moment. I'm guessing books and comics as well. Um, do you like the folk horror sort of film
1: genre? Uh, yes, yes, I really like it, uh, quite enjoy it. Recently watched The yeah, Wicked Man. I know oh, right. I know it's a cult, a cult classic, but I, I never had a chance. It's been on my list for years and years. Well, I wouldn't say it was uh, recently. Uh, was it last year or two years ago? I don't remember. Those last two years, they just like blend together. Yeah, the last I, two years, I, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we, we we know why. Yeah. Uh, so I don't remember when, when I watched it, but it still holds up after... Oh, I have my notes. Let me just check my notes. Uh, um, it was made in '73, so 50 years almost. Yeah. And, it, and it's still a great movie.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. We won't talk too much about the remake.
1: Um. <laughs> I, I watched that too, and it's just a bad movie. Uh, yeah. I, I watch it for you know those memes with uh, Cage. But there is nothing there. It's just really bad movie. Right. It's not even fun. Did you see uh, Ariaster's Midsummer a oh, few years ago? Yes, uh, 2019. I was in cinema. I was the only person in cinema. Oh right. Um, yeah, quite quite enjoyed. But his Hereditary is just perfect horror uh, movie for me. I think that's that's the best horror I ever. Uh, seen in my life so far hereditary um, I was so scared Imon, you don't even realize how scared I was after watching this movie it stayed with me for at least a week and yeah. you know because I live by myself you know just going to a, you know toilet which is on on the back of my apartment and it's a little bit darker over there it wasn't easy especially after when I get back uh, from the cinema but his, uh, his midsummer is great as well I, I love midsummer, but Hereditary, I would say that's, that's perfection.
0: Yes. I, I, I had a similar experience. Hereditary really scared me. Um, it's fantastic.
1: It, it, it seems like it, it works with so many people. I've, I've spoken with um, some, some other people and they said they had very, very similar experience. Right.
0: And uh, I don't know if I'll keep this in the podcast, but I'll tell you a very quick story about yeah. Hereditary. Um, spoilers for Hereditary there is a character in Hereditary who has a little tick and her tick is that she clicks her tongue like that and um, my wife doesn't do horror films but she was sort of aware of this I think from adverts or something or trailers so I went off to see this film by myself Mm -hmm. um, and came back late at night my wife had already gone to bed and I thought she was asleep so, I did that thing of creeping around the bedroom, getting undressed in the dark and everything, and then you know going to the bathroom and then sort of sneaking into the bed under the covers really quietly so as not to wake up and I lay my head down on the pillow, and as I lay my head down on the pillow, my wife went
1: really oh that's, <laughs> that's super scary but you, you know what's fascinating Somebody told me not this exactly same story, but that there was like other person doing that click and they, they just got so scared. Yeah, I know. It's like, don't do that.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, the other one we talked about, which I haven't seen, I don't think you've had a chance to see yet. I was going to try and watch it yesterday in preparation for this, mm-hmm. was that on the front cover of the Thistlebone hardback, it's got a, a cover quote from Ben Wheatley, director yes. of a field in England in the earth kill list sightseers yeah. and more mm-hmm. um in the earth i meant to watch it but i haven't seen it yet
1: is that horror
0: yes, yes. okay it's another folk horror kill list we've both seen haven't
1: we uh, kill list is great that was discovered uh, discovered by myself last year and i love movies like that like you have completely different change of you know entire atmosphere and story because it starts as a you know, like crime story, and it turns into you know this very brutal uh, folk horror with with all those you know cultists. Um, similar thing has been done with the um, with that western. Um, what was it? Um, bon, bon, bon Bone Bone Tom, Tomahawk. Bon Tomahawk. Exactly. Right. So at, at 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 the end of that movie, uh, something really nasty happens. It just pure gore. You know blood and guts everywhere. And you don't expect that, because you think you're watching just you know, like, normal Western, and it turns into that you know, very intense um, horror story.
0: Yeah, uh, it's great. I mean, they're, they're great films. And Ben Wheatley, is, we know he's a 2000 AD fan. I don't think he's written anything for 2000 AD yet. It'd be nice if he did um, write
1: something, <laughs>
0: um, maybe a, a short horror for us.
1: Um, another one which I have from folk is uh, The Witch from 2015. Oh, right, yes. By Eggers, um, you've seen that? Um, Robert Eggers, that? yeah, I've seen that. That's a great film as that's well. That's exactly super creepy. Um, from other horrors, because I, I made a list of um, just my favourite horrors, uh, it's Babadook from 2014. Right, yeah. That, that's a true horror for me. Like, you, there, there is this situation in your head. You can't explain it to other people. It's only you seeing this. How are you right. going to explain that? Uh, to you know your family your friends they, they, they'll they think uh, you're crazy mm. losing your mind but you know for you it's real for your brain it, everything what happens is real yeah um, I would say uh, there are some uh, folk horror motifs in True Detective uh, season one yes
0: very much in season one yeah Yeah, exactly yeah. There,
1: there is some you know cosmic horror and, and Cthulhu uh, uh, mythology over there but uh, definitely uh, that's that's what I like and obviously, my favorite series of all time, uh, Twin Peaks. Oh right, yes, of course, yeah. Um, this this series um, can we swear here? We can, yeah, it, yeah. It, it it fucked me up. Right. I, I watched it when I was ten years old, and there is this scene with Murder Bob when he shows up in a Palmer's living room, and he just like crawling um, to the, to the camera. Even now, when I watch this, I, I get sweaty, I get, I get scared. It, it traumatized me for my entire life, pretty much. I'm a big fan
0: of another podcast called The Evolution of Horror. Yeah. And when they do their sort of top 30, top 50 scariest moments from film and TV, that moment you've just mentioned of Bob sort of crawling towards the camera. Yeah always crops up
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. really uh, 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 there is something about this image just really freaks people out oh yeah, yeah. and uh, another one uh, which can be a horror It uh, movies, you know cartoon movies. oh the movies. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. so there was this character like super scary they, they called her Buka she was a sign of you know uh, coming winter right uh, it just the design of that character freaked me out as well as a kid um what else is there oh there there was there was a lot Annihilation uh, right there is AD Connection Jock Alex Garland and Jock yeah yeah. he he did uh, design over there so that's another great one I wouldn't say it's folk horror but still I really like it yeah so there's plenty there's plenty
0: and it's nice to see some folk horror in the pages of 2000 AD um I don't know if and when it's coming back because I know Simon Davis is sort of on a break from comics now while he's concentrating on his here, I think.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see it come back to the pages of the prom, but I don't yeah. know of any plans.
1: Uh, well, how the uh, second book ends, it seems like they're going to do another story. Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're setting up for another story. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Tom Eglinton's writing is great. Simon Davis's artwork is just superb. Um, you've got both volumes in front of you. You've also got two art catalogues from Simon Davis yeah. from two exhibitions. Yeah,
1: so another exhibition was in 2020 uh, in Palmol Gallery, uh, part of uh, contemporary um, uh, British. Uh, british artists uh what I see uh, in in British art at least recently um there is lots of like photography quality when uh, when people paint i i don't really like it to be honest I, right. I would rather have like you know some crazy stuff going on on, on those paintings rather than you know just uh, very detailed and realistic um uh paintings great yeah it's it are, are you into art or um well, you read comics. So I, really, I mean,
0: no, I, obviously, yeah, yeah, comic art and collecting comic art. I'm going to look at comic art, yes. I'm going to look at other art sometimes, not very often. I couldn't get to the Simon Davis exhibition, although I wanted to. Uh, I saw the Steve Dillon when it was at Panel Gallery in Northampton, and I hope to see the other exhibition of Steve Dillon when it's at Lawless again next year. Well yep. you and I will probably be meeting up again, you know, we might be <laughs> recording again.
1: From from what we know there is gonna be even more art. It was already confirmed. They, right. will, they will be adding more pages. Because the latest exhibition which uh was at Luton, uh I, I went there uh, for for the opening uh for the first day. Uh Glenn Dillon was there. Oh right. Uh, he yeah. was giving a speech about uh his career, but mostly about you know his design work for Star mm-hmm. Wars. He's, he's a big name now. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, there was an exhibition of uh, Glenn Dillon, um work uh, at the same, same, exactly same time as Simon Davies uh, with portraits. So a couple, couple months ago, I, I visited. Uh, some pieces I, I like a lot. Some pieces left me completely cold. And he charges a lot for the art. Right. Uh, even up to 10k. <laughs> so good luck buying this. That's why you probably can
0: afford to do comics as a sort of side project. That's,
1: that's what he said uh, during um, uh, his talk. Uh, I, I asked him, there is, there is no money. You know. He lives in London with his family. You can't make a living you know, doing comics. There is no way. Right.
0: Okay. So back to the hardback. It's yeah. a nice hardback. It's got an introduction by Tom Edginton from August 21. Yeah. At the back of the book, we have got some covers... We've got some concept and character design work. We've got some sort of preliminary sketches or very intense drawings for the pages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean Simon Davis's ink work sketches are pretty much good enough for the actual prog, even before he paints on them. Um, so it's a nice package, isn't
1: it? It is. Um, I uh, when I buy my books, I i quite often uh check first uh, is there any you know uh extra gallery uh on the back uh I, for some reason i like letters so when they reprinted um uh preacher in absolute editions you have tons of uh letters from fans yeah um so i quite like it but i i enjoy when um when they show you how the sausage is done yes. oh, how the sausage is made sorry yeah. uh, that's the same so exactly that's what you get uh, here uh, in in this book you have roughs you have inks and final pages uh, they've done it in a book 1 but only a couple of pages when here uh, the extras are at least ten pages i would say so uh, quite enjoy it i, I like it uh, plus you know character's design as you said um and uh, covers from, from procs. So we have covers for uh sorry let me just check from two procs. Uh 2223 and to free two, two. Yeah. Cool. So it's
0: a nice package. Uh, it says on the back with some quotes, um, combines the occult horror of the devil rides out with the contemporary rural darkness of In the Earth. There you go. And ComicCon.com says Simon Davis's artwork is some of the best he's ever done. Magnificent, and we'd agree with that. And it is uh, $14.99 from your local bookshop or comic shop, uh, or you can get you can get the digital version. I checked through the app for $9.99. Uh, oh, they charge
1: tenor for for digital. Yes. That's quite expensive for
0: digital novels. It is, yeah. But that's what they charge for their graphic novels usually, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't read digital. I've, I've been trying. It's not my thing. I, I need to have physical copy.
0: Okay. You do, you do love a hardback, don't you? <laughs> that's me, hardback. <laughs> even, even though they are so heavy to carry around. Um, let's play the grail page game, Damien. Let's go to this book and all the back matter and say that we could afford it and it hadn't already all been sold which I think it already has um, what are you going to pick?
1: Um, well, my pick is quite obvious we, we talk about it when we met after Garth Ennis uh, signing so that would be my uh, grey page uh, and that's my first original page I, I bought uh, at Lois uh, from Simon Oh,
0: okay I've so, forgotten but yes, you did you bought a page so you actually bought your Grail page? Correct so just describe it for us for the listeners. That is it's
1: one of those uh, cartoony uh, pages. Uh, it's a start really uh, um of of that story with you know scout boys and and the leaders. So I would say it's uh kind of like three uh panels on the page no sorry it's four but you don't have uh frames and you you see all the uh, you know group of the scouts uh, just walking around having fun. And this, you know, uh, pervy uh, scout leader, uh, you know, it's it's quite cliche how they designed this character, Mister Stratham. Mister Stratham, exactly. So I, I sent a picture of that page to my friend, and he he said, straight away, he's his pedophile. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: yes. he's definitely a
1: creep. Yes. Yeah.
0: So that's fantastic. I'd forgotten you actually bought your Grail page from Simon Davis at Lawless. Uh, how wonderful, so there it is that 's pretty much the first appearance of the Boy Scout troop and their dodgy leader on their expedition back in the eighties full page um, broken up as you say with panels, but uh, without panel borders so that 's wonderful. I will post that image when this episode comes out on all the mm-hmm. socials um any
1: of the... Yeah. I'm going to send you a picture of the page as well. Please do. Send um, me a good my, picture. My plan was to bring it over for today, but with so much stuff. No, no,
0: don't go And we go your... into the pub. I don't want to risk it. No, don't. don't. <laughs> There's I... terrible stories about people losing, <laughs> up,
1: losing artwork. Oh, in... oh, oh yeah. There, there were some stories like somebody... What was it? Uh, um, some Alan Moore stories, right? It says, Alan Moore left a
0: story in a taxi... Um, I can't remember if it was for Providence or something like that. Oh, okay. And Steve Dillon, of course, famously left some Judge Dredd artwork in the pub Mm -hmm. and had to redo an episode of City of the Damned, Basically over a weekend and then they found then they found the portfolio <laughs> as well. Um and last time we were here at the Gosh Shining, Richard Sheaf, you know, the don of British Comics, had brought with him a lot of original artwork, yeah, Dan Dare artwork, yeah. to show us. Yeah. And we were really sort of honouring him, like, do not leave that portfolio. Do not drop that portfolio. Um, he's
1: he's excellent guy. Um uh, yes. uh, that was the first time I think I, I met him and to be honest you know the art he brought over there doesn't really you know ring any bells for me i I don't really know you know the art with the artist maybe except you know dan lawrence um but yeah still it's quite amazing you know people can have so much art and just uh bring it for signing
0: um any of the sketches or covers or images from the back of the book as well to add to
1: your list um I would add the last page. I, I really like last page as well. We mentioned that before. Uh, so there is, you know, um, I, I have it in my notes. So who's on that page? Uh, so they're all on
0: that page in a way, aren't they? You yeah, know. so we
1: have Avril. Sima, uh Hillman and uh, Robert. Yeah. Um, all covered in blood. It's It's nasty stuff, but quite like it.
0: I won't post the last page because it probably is a bit of a spoiler, but it is, this is a wonderful image. So we'll grant you those two for the Grail page, one of which you've already owned, which is fantastic. I liked the teaser artwork that Simon Davis did for Thistlebone Book 2, okay, which yeah. is a weird image of an owl with the characteristic Thistlebone red eyes, and it's sort of wearing the deer mask or the deer bone mask uh, or something like that and um beautiful work on the body of the owl and feathers and Mm -hmm. so on but it's just like a creepy spooky image yes and um owls are creepy in general yeah (laughs) owls are creepy yes and they're very folk horror and this book does a little bit of that thing which often comes up on the podcast which is pages you'd like to own but not necessarily hang on your wall Whereas I think I could get away with hanging the owl on my wall. Okay. But, you know, would that have been too much of a shocker, as it were? Yeah.
1: Um, Simon Daisy's uh, been uh, selling his pages uh, for that book during Lawless. And I believe co- covers were for only 400. Right, well, it's still a lot of money, but it's not super expensive. And normal pages would... Uh, he would be selling for hundred, hundred twenty, yeah. something like that. So quite affordable, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I was, because I was on the on the budget um, during Lawless but I decided I'm I'm gonna buy my first page from Simon Davis, Why not? Congratulations. Thanks. Who better and buy it directly from the artist as well. So exactly. Well done. Uh, who needs to eat when you can have our job? <laughs> <laughs>
0: very good so we've done Thistlebone 2 Poisoned Roots uh, you've got the first volume with you as well as I say you've got the two Simon Davis art books um, all signed which looks fantastic um, so as ever great work Damien and we're off to Forbidden Planet shortly because we've got to go and see Mike Carroll and Steve Austin David Bailey and Paul Cornell I think mm-hmm. so more signatures um, Guest projects, I guess, you know, we've we've just talked about it constantly. You're you're back at sign ins, we're back at sign-ins. Mm-hmm. You're back carting the heavy hailbacks around to get signed. Um, any recent Polish editions that are of interest?
1: Ah uh, no. So um on in the last podcast I've I've mentioned the publisher who specializes in d But uh, from what I know, my Polish friends told me, because they, they've they been on Lowless as well. They really struggle. They had lots of plans to publish, you know, d books. Uh, I was waiting especially for um, Durham, Durham Red. Right. Like, you know, just imagine having that art in, you know, in bigger format, in hardcover, that would, that would have been great, but never happened. Uh, they barely publish uh, something at this moment. And if they do, they publish some French stuff. I'm, I'm not really into it. It seems like their business just doesn't work. They, they m- m- look more like a fans. They publish something what they like and they hope they can sell it. Uh, the first book they published a couple of years ago, it was Sticklebone? What? Uh, uh, Stickleback. Stickleback, yeah, exactly. And this Character is not popular in Poland at all. Right. Oh, I don't know why they why they why they publish it. What was you know, the the first? Choice. I mean, I know because they like the character, but that's not how you make money. That's not a, you know, a good business. Yeah. Um. So anyway, with um, Polish hardbacks, it's a little bit harder now. Right. Okay, all right. And at the signings next week, Brian Tolbert at Gosh. Uh, yes, but I'm going to Poland for small holiday, so I won't be able to attend, which is a shame. But I I met him uh, and then his wife um, after got any signing. Uh, they did a talk about uh, the whole career in comics uh, in one of the bookshops in London. Yes, and I got a small sketch of. Uh, um Luther on yeah oh, okay. in my hardcover edition, which is really hard to find now. Oh very nice. Okay. Excellent. And then there's a mega
0: I mean this will probably podcast will probably come out after all these signings, but there's a mega signing in August with John Wagner, Mick McMahon and um, Brian Bolland, I believe.
1: Uh, yes, that's 6th of August. Yeah. Let me just check my notes. There is so many signings and events. I love it. Because yeah. that's the reason I, I'm still in London to be honest. Right. Um, I, I just love it, I, that's, that's life for me, you know, going to those signings, meeting those uh, creators, you know, artists, although sometimes I don't have the courage to talk to them, like with, with Garth Ennis, who is the, the best writer in comics, uh, for me I, I didn't have balls to talk to him, I just, I just get my book signed and disappeared. I should have brought more books, they didn't have any problems with signings, there was no limits. I should have brought more I, I, I got nine of my books signed it's still something think.
0: yeah yeah. it was great to see him. it's great that these events are back on it's great that we're back out here um, we talked about it last time but the 2000 AD Southern Contingent check out the Facebook check out they've got a Twitter account they arrange meetups after these signings we'll be off to the pub hopefully for a pint after we've been across the road for Bin Planet
1: or a few pints
0: a few pints, okay
1: Excellent. Damien, thank you so much for getting
0: here nice and early so we could go into this underground bunker and record.
1: If I can just add something. Yes. Let's just inform your um, listeners about uh, what's going on in London. So, Liam Shard will be signing at Forbidden Planet uh, just next Wednesday. February 13th. He's promoting his new book. Uh, There's going to be A to Z British newspaper strips with Paul Paul Hudson. Yes. End of this month at Gosh. Uh, you mentioned uh, Boland, McMahun-Wagner. Uh, Ryan Hughes will be promoting his new book at 11th of August. And then there is something I really like to do. Matt Ferguson uh, will be in London in September with Vice Praise yes. on DesignerCon. 3rd F- or 4th of September, I believe. Uh, so definitely, I'm I'm gonna go there as well because he he done like couple of co- covers for him. He's
0: done a couple of 2000 e covers. He does yeah. wonderful poster images for classic films uh, and stuff like that. And it's well worth following him on um, Twitter, Matt Ferguson at Vice Press, because he posts some wonderful images, doesn't he?
1: Oh yeah, his, his posters are great. I, I I believe he's pretty big name in posters. There there are collectors for for posters. Yeah. Um, so good luck with him
0: fantastic well uh, well done as ever getting signed copies well done getting the original artwork from Simon Davis at Lawless Uh, shout out to Lawless again Um, hopefully we'll be there next year and uh, we're off now to go and queue up for another signing (laughs) as ever (laughs) thank you very much Damien
1: Uh, thank you very much Thanks for having me.
0: No trouble. And thank you to everyone for listening to Megacity Book Club. As ever, find all the links at megacitybookclub.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the two thousand and eighty forums. Or get in touch by emailing me at mcbcpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got a book that you want to come on the podcast and talk about, if you want to find out where the London Recording Dungeon is... Um, <laughs> And that'll do us. Until next time, when we're passing judgment on another great book, it's goodbye from me, and I'll see you
1: later, Zilligators.